Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on one. Although completed in 1915, Exiles, James Joyce's only extant play, was not published until 1918. George Bernard Shaw found it obscene and W.B. Yeats rejected it for production at the Abbey Theatre. It eventually premiered in Munich in August 1919. Joyce, who was no fan of peasant dramas, looked towards Europe. A great admirer of Henrik Ibsen, Joyce owed far more than a literary debt to the Norwegian playwright. It could be argued that the first 30 years of Joyce's life were modelled on Ibsen's own autobiography and Exiles was dismissed as the derivative work of a novice in thrall to a great master. Joyce described the structure of the play as three cat and mouse acts and there are obvious parallels with the dramas in Joyce's own life. The main character, Richard Rowan, is a writer cohabiting in exile with his common-law wife, Bertha. However, the play also reflects the deeper autobiographical turbulences of perceived infidelities, jealousies and adulteries which Joyce conceived, gestated and represented through his art. In 1970, Exiles received its first major London production at the Mermaid Theatre. Directed by Nobel laureate Harold Pinter, the cast included Vivian Merchant, Lynn Farley, Marjorie Wilde, John Wood, David Parfitt and Timothy West. A Dublin production, directed by Vincent Dowling, opened on the Peacock stage at the Abbey Theatre on the 21st of February 1973, starring Bosco Hogan, Nuala Hayes, Kevin McHugh, Moira O'Neill, Donald Reynolds and Mae Klusky. It ran for 20 performances. In this 1980 RTE production, Daniel Reardon plays Richard Rowan and his wife Bertha is played by Barbara McCaughey. Connor Farrington is Robert Hand and Kate Minogue, his cousin Beatrice Justice. Bridget is Celia Salkeld and Archie is played by Luke Caldwell. The producer was Tim Danaher. Exiles by James Joyce Mistress and Master Archies is at the bats. They never expected you to come for Archie's music lesson today. Did you send word you were back, Miss Justice? No, I arrived just now. Oh, sit down and I'll tell the Master you're here. Were you long in the train? Since morning. Master Archie got your postcard with the views of y'all. Oh, you're tired out, I'm sure. Oh, no. Did he practice the piano while I was away? <laughs> practice, how are you? Is it Master Archie? He's mad after the milkman's horse now. Uh, 
Had you nice weather down there, Miss Justice? Rather wet, I think. Oh, look at that now. And there's rain overhead, too. I'll tell him you're here. Is uh, Mr. Rowan in? He's in his study. Oh, he's wearing himself out about something he's writing. Up half the night he does be. Uh, I, I call him. Uh, don't disturb him, Bridget. I can wait here till they come back if they're not too long. Master Richard, Miss Justice is here for Master Archie's lesson. Welcome. Good afternoon, Mr. Rowan. I didn't want Bridget to disturb you. Disturb me? My goodness. Please, sit down. Bertha will be back in a moment. I had begun to think you would never come back. It's twelve days since you were here. I thought of that too. But I have come. Have you thought over what I told you when you were here last? Very much. You must have known it before. Did you? Do you blame me? No. Do you think I have acted towards you badly? No? Or towards anyone? I have asked myself that question. And the answer? I could not answer it. If I were a painter and told you I had a book of sketches of you, you would not think it so strange, would you? It's not quite the same case, is it? Not quite. I told you also that I would not show you what I had written unless you asked to see it. Well? I will not ask you. Would you like to see it? Very much. Because it is about yourself? Yes, but not only that. Because it is written by me, yes? Even if what you would find there is sometimes cruel. That is part of your mind, too. Then it is my mind that attracts you. Is that it? Why do you think I come here? Why? Many reasons. To give Archie lessons. We have known one another so many years, from childhood. Robert, you and I, haven't we? You have always been interested in me. Before I went away and while I was away. Then our letters to each other about my book. Now it is published. I am here again. Perhaps you feel that some new thing is gathering in my brain. Perhaps you feel that you should know it. Is that the reason? No. Why, then? Otherwise I could not see you. Otherwise you could not see me. I... I'd better go. They're not coming back. Mr. Rowan, I must go. But you're running away. Remain. Tell me what your words mean. Are you afraid of me? Afraid? No. Have you confidence in me? Do you feel that you know me? It is hard to know anyone but oneself. Hard to know me? I sent you from Rome the chapters of my book as I wrote them, and letters for nine long years. Well, eight years. Yes, it was nearly a year before your first letter came. It was answered at once by you. And from that on you have watched me in my struggle. Tell me, Miss Justice, did you feel that what you read was written for your eyes, or that you inspired me? I need not answer that question. Do you love Robert still? I don't even know. It was that that made me so reserved with you, then. Even though I felt your interest in me, even though I felt that I, too, was 
something in your life. You were. Yet that separated me from you. I was a third person, I felt. Your names were always spoken together, Robert and Beatrice, as long as I can remember. It seemed to me, you to everyone... We are first cousins. It's not strange that we were often together. He told me of your secret engagement with him. He had no secrets from me. I suppose you know that. What happened between us is so long ago. I was a child. A child? Are you sure? It was in the garden of his mother's house. No? You plighted your troth, as they say, then a kiss. And you gave him your garter. Is it allowed to mention that? If you think it worthy of mention. I think you have not forgotten it. I don't understand it. I thought, too, that after I had gone... Did my going make you suffer? I always knew you would go some day. I didn't suffer, only I was changed. Towards him? Everything was changed, his life. His mind even seemed to change after that. Yes. I saw that you had changed when I received your first letter after a year. After your illness, too. You even said so in your letter. It brought me near to death. It made me see things differently. And so a coldness began between you, little by little. Is that it? No. Not at once. I saw in him a pale reflection of you. Then that too faded. But what good is it to talk now? But what is this that seems to hang over you? It cannot be so tragic. No, not in the least tragic. I shall become gradually better, they tell me, as I grow older. As I did not die then, they tell me I shall probably live. I am given life and health again when I cannot use them. I am convalescent. Someone knocked. They've come back. I'm going. No, uh, Bertha would come in the back way. It's Robert. I'm going out through the garden. I cannot see him now. Say I have gone to the post. Goodbye. It is Robert you do not wish to see? For the moment, yes. This talk has upset me. Uh, ask him to wait. You will come back. Please, God. My dearest cuz. Bridget told me you were here. I had no notion. Did you send Mother a telegram? No. Oh, you're admiring my roses. I brought them to the mistress of the house. I'm afraid they're not mine. Oh, they're lovely, sir. The mistress will be delighted with them. Is nobody in? Oh, yes, sir. Sit down, sir. They'll be here now any moment. The master was here. How are you, Beatty? And how are all Dan and Yawl? As dull as ever. Oh, they were well when I left. But I'm sorry I didn't know you were coming. I would have met you at the train. Why did you do it? You have some queer ways about you, Beatty, haven't you? Thank you, Robert. I'm quite used to getting about alone. Yes, but I mean to say... Oh, well, you've arrived in your own characteristic way. Mr. Hand! Oh, by Jove, Archie, too, is arriving in a characteristic way. <laughs> Goodness gracious, Archie! What is the matter? I ran all the avenue. Well, good evening, Archie. Why did you run? Oh, good evening. We saw you on top of the tram, and I shouted, Mr. Hand! But you did not see me. But we saw you, Mama and I. She'll be here in a minute. I ran. Do you want to speak to my pappy? Yes, I came to see him. Uh, I will tell him. He's in there, writing. No, he's out. He's gone to the post with some letters. Oh, never mind. I'll wait if he's only gone to the post. Oh, but Mammy is coming. Uh, here she is. Good evening, Miss Justice. 
We thought you were still down in York. Good evening, Mrs. Rowan. Good evening, Mr. Hand. Good evening, Signora. Just imagine, I didn't know either she was back till I found her here. Did you not come together? No, I came first. Mr. Rowan was going out. He said you would be back any moment. I'm sorry. If you had written or sent over word by the girl this morning... I arrived only an hour and a half ago, and I came straight here for Archie's piano lesson. I thought of sending a telegram, but it seemed too tragic. Well, Miss Justice, if you would like to play something. But please, don't fatigue yourself with Archie. Do, Beattie. That's what you want. If Archie will come. To listen. And a little lesson, too. Mm. Very, very short. Well, afterwards, you must stay to tea. Come, Archie. All right, Miss Justice. But promise me there'll be no lessons You put this note into my hand last night. What does it mean? Do you not know? There is one word which I have never dared to say to you. What is the word? But I have a deep liking for you. I brought these roses for you. Will you take them from me? Thank you. Why did you not dare to say it last night? I couldn't speak to you or follow you. There were too many people on the lawn. I wanted you to think over it, and so I put it into your hand when you were going away. Now you have dared to say it. I want to speak to you. Will you listen to me? May I speak? You may. Are you annoyed with me? No. I thought you were. You put away my poor flowers so quickly. Oh, is this what you wish me to do? Ah, your face is a flower too, but more beautiful. A wild flower blowing in a hedge. <laughs> Why are you smiling at my words? I'm wondering if that is what you say to the others. What others? The other women. I hear you have so many admirers. And that's why you two... But you have, haven't you? Friends, yes. Do you speak to them in the same way? How can you ask me such a question? What kind of a person do you think I am? Or why do you listen to me? Did you not like me to speak to you in that way? What you said was very kind. Thank you for saying it. And thinking it. Bertha? Yes? I have the right to call you by your name. From old times, nine years ago. We were Bertha and Robert then. Can we not be so now, too? Oh, yes. Why should we not? Bertha, you knew. From the very night you landed on Kingstown Pier. It all came back to me then, and you knew it. Bertha, may I kiss you? Let me, may I? If you wish. Oh. Did you hear the garden gate? No. Don't go away. You must never go away now. I will not let you. You? I want to speak to you, Bertha, alone, not here. Will you come? I do want to speak to you. Yes, dear, I know. I will speak to you, tell you all, then. I will kiss you then, long, long kisses, when you come to me. Long, long, sweet kisses. Where? To my house, to Ranella. I'll write the address for you. Will you come? When? Tonight, between eight and nine. Come. I will wait for you tonight, and every night. You will? The gate opened. I'll wait for you. <clears throat> Good afternoon. 
And good afternoon, Richard. Look what lovely roses Mr. Han bought me. <laughs> I'm afraid they are overblown. Excuse me for a moment, will you? Here, take the address. Take the tram at Lansdowne Road and ask to be let down near there. I promise nothing. I'll wait. I must put these roses in water. And I will leave you to yourselves for your talk. Do you want anything? Cigarettes? Mm, thanks. We have them here. Then I can go. Hmm. Won't you sit down? Oh, thanks. Good Lord, how warm it is today. The heat pains me here in the eye, the glare. The room is rather dark, I think, with the blind down, but if you wish... Not at all. I know what it is. The result of night work. Must you? Oh, yes. I must see part of the paper through every night. And then my leading articles. They're approaching a difficult moment. And not only here. Have you any news? Yes. I want to speak to you seriously. Today may be an important day for you, or rather tonight. I saw the Vice-Chancellor this morning. He has the highest opinion of you, Richard. He has read your book, he said. Hmm. Did he buy it or borrow it? Well, bought it, I hope. I shall smoke a cigarette. <clears throat> Thirty-seven copies have now been sold in Dublin. Well, the matter is closed for the present. You have your iron mask on today. Let me hear the rest. Richard, you are too suspicious. It's a defect in you. He assured me he has the highest possible opinion of you, as everyone has. You are the man for the post, he says. In fact, he told me that if your name goes forward, he will work might and maiden for you with the Senate. And I will do my part, of course, in the press and privately. I regard it as a public duty. The chair of romance literature is yours by right as a scholar, as a literary personality. The conditions? Conditions? You mean about the future? I mean about the past. <laughs> that episode in your past is forgotten. An act of impulse. We're all impulsive. You called it an act of folly, then, nine years ago. You told me I was hanging a weight about my neck. I was wrong. Here's how the matter stands, Richard. Everyone knows that you ran away years ago with a young girl... How shall I put it? With a young girl, not exactly your equal. Well, excuse me, Richard, that's not my opinion, nor my language. I'm simply using the language of people whose opinions I don't share. Writing one of your leading articles, in fact. Put it so. Well, it made a great sensation at the time. A mysterious disappearance. My name was involved, too, as best man, let's say, on a famous occasion. Of course, they think I acted from a mistaken sense of friendship. Well, all that is known. But what happened afterwards is not known. No? Of course, it is your affair, Richard. However, you are not so young now as you were then. <laughs> the expression is quite in the style of my leading articles, isn't it? Do you or do you not want me to give the lie to my past life? I'm thinking of your future life here. I understand your pride and your sense of liberty. I understand their point of view also. However, there is a way out. It's simply this... Refrain from contradicting any rumours you may hear concerning what happened, or did not happen, after you went away. And leave the rest to me. You will set these rumours afloat? I will, God help me. For the sake of social conventions? For the sake of something else, too. Our friendship. 
our lifelong friendship. Thanks. And uh, I will tell the whole truth. Yes, do, please. Not only for your sake, also for the sake of your present partner in life. I see. Why for her sake? Richard, have you been quite fair to her? It was her own free choice, you'll say. But was she really free to choose? She was a mere girl. She accepted all that you proposed. That is your way of saying that she proposed what I would not accept. I remember. And she went away with you. But was it of her own free choice? Answer me frankly. I played for her against all that you say or can say, and I won. Yes, you won. Uh, excuse me for forgetting. Uh, will you have some whiskey? <laughs> All things come to those who wait. Uh, uh, please help yourself. And you? No. Uh, steadfast. Well, Lord, when I think of all our wild nights long ago, talks by the hour, plans, carouses, revelry. In our house? It's mine now. I've kept it ever since, though I don't go there often. Whenever you like to come, let me know. You must come some night. It'll be old times again. Prosit. It was not only a house of revelry. <sighs> it was to be the hearth of a new life. And in that name, all our sins were committed. Sins. Drinking and blasphemy by me, and drinking and heresy, much worse, by you. Are those the sins you mean? And some others. You mean the women... I have no remorse of conscience. Maybe you have. Is that all you wanted to say to me? Well, there is something else. The Vice-Chancellor sends you through me an invitation for tonight, to dinner at his house. Well, you know where he lives? Hmm, yes. I thought you might have forgotten. And strictly private, of course. He wants to meet you again and sends you a very warm invitation. For what hour? Eight. Oh, but like yourself, he's free and easy about time. Now, Richard... You must go there. That's all. I feel tonight will be the turning point in your life. You will live here and work here and think here and be honoured here among our people. I can almost see two envoys starting for the United States to collect funds for my statue a hundred years hence. Oh, you have that fierce indignation which lacerated the heart of Swift. You... You have fallen from a higher world, Richard. And you are filled with fierce indignation when you find that life is cowardly and ignoble. While I, shall I tell you... By all means. I have come up from a lower world. And I am filled with astonishment when I find that people have any redeeming virtue at all. You are my friend, then? I fought for you all the time you were away. I fought to bring you back. I fought to keep your place for you here. I will fight for you still, because I have faith in you. The faith of a disciple in his master. I cannot say more than that. It may seem strange to you. Uh, give me a match. There is a faith still stranger than the faith of the disciple in his master. Hmm? And that is? The faith of a master in the disciple who will betray him. <laughs> The church lost a theologian in you, Richard. But I think you look too deeply into life. Be gay. Life isn't worth it. Are you going? I must. Then it's all arranged. We meet tonight at the Vice-Chancellor's. 
I shall look in at about ten, so you can have an hour or two to yourselves first. Uh, you'll wait till I come. Good. Oh, congratulate me, Beatty. I have won over Richard. Mama, Miss Justice is going. On what are you to be congratulated? On a victory, of course. The descendant of Archibald Hamilton Rowan has come home. I am not a descendant of Hamilton Rowan. Oh, what matter? Has Mr. Rowan... Richard is coming tonight to the Vice-Chancellor's dinner. The fatted calf will be eaten, a roast, I hope. And next session we'll see the descendant of a namesake of etc., etc., in a chair at the university. Good afternoon, Richard. We shall meet tonight. Mm, at Philippi. Accept my best wishes, Mr. Rowan. Thanks, but don't believe him. Oh, believe me, believe me. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Rowan. I thank you, too. You won't stay to tea, Miss Justice. No, thank you. I must go. Good afternoon. Goodbye, Archie. Adio, Archibald. Adio. Oh, wait, Beatty. I'll accompany you. Oh, don't trouble. Oh, but I insist. As a cousin. I say, Pappy. What is it? I, I want to ask you a thing. What is it? Will you ask Mama to let me go out in the morning with the milkman? With the milkman? Yes, in the milk car. He says he will let me drive when we get on the roads where there are no people. The horse is a very good beast. Can I go? Yes, go. Oh, thanks. Bridget! Bridget, I can go with the milkman in the morning. Well? Well, he says he likes me. You showed him his note? Yes. I asked him what it meant. What did he say it meant? He said I must know. I said I had an idea. And he told me he liked me very much. But I was beautiful and all that. Since when? Since when what? Since when did he say he liked you? Always, he said. But more since we came back. He said I was like the moon in this lavender dress. Had you any words with... Uh, about me? The usual thing, not about you. He was very nervous, you saw that. Yes, I saw it. Tell me, Dick, does all this disturb you? Because I told you I don't want that. I think you're only pretending you don't mind. I don't mind. I know, dear. But I want to find out what he means or feels, just as you do. Remember, you allowed me to go on. I told you the whole thing from the beginning. I know, dear. And then? He asked for a kiss. I said, take it. And then? He kissed me. Did he ask you to kiss him? He did. Did you? I did. I kissed him. What way? Oh, simply. Were you excited? Well, you can imagine. Not much. He has not nice lips. Still, I was excited, of course, but not like with you, Dick. Was he? Excited? Yes, I think he was. He sighed. He was dreadfully nervous. I see. Are you jealous? No. You are, Dick. I am not. Jealous of what? Because he kissed me. Is that all? Yes, that's all. Except that he asked me would I meet him. Out somewhere? No, in his house. Over there with his mother, is it? No, a house he has. He wrote the address for me. Here it is. Oh, yes. Our cottage in Ranelagh. Your? No, his. I call it ours. The cottage I told you about so often. That we had the two keys for, he and I. It's his now. 
where we used to hold our wild nights, talking, drinking, planning at that time. Wild nights, yes, he and I together, and sometimes I alone, but not quite alone. I told you, you remember. That place? Yes. Where is it? Don't you know? He told me to take the tram at Lansdowne Road and to ask the man to let me down there. Is it... is it a bad place? No. Cottages. What answer did you give? No answer. He said he would wait. Tonight? Every night, he said. Between eight and nine. And so I am to go tonight to interview the professor about the appointment I am to beg for. The interview is arranged for tonight by him between eight and nine. Curious, isn't it? The same hour. Very. Did he ask you had I any suspicion? No. Did he mention my name? No. Not once? Not that I remember. Oh, yes, quite clear. What? A liar, a thief and a fool. Quite clear. A common thief. What else? My great friend. A patriot, too. A thief, nothing else, but a fool also. Oh, what are you going to do? Follow him, find him, tell him. A few words will do. Thief and fool. I see it all. Eh? The work of a jealous devil. Because I am simple, you think you can do what you like with me. Follow him now. Call him names. Make him be humble before you and make him despise me. Follow him. You forget that I have allowed you complete liberty and allow you it still. Liberty? Yes, complete. But he must know that I know. I will speak to him quietly. Bertha, believe me, dear, it is not jealousy. You have complete liberty to do as you wish, you and he, but not in this way. He will not despise you. You don't wish to deceive me, or to pretend to deceive me with him, do you? No. I do not. Which of us two is the deceiver? Of us? You and me? I know why you have allowed me what you call complete liberty. Why? To have complete liberty with that girl. Oh, but good God, you knew about that this long time. I never hid it. You did. I thought it was a kind of friendship between you. Till we came back and then I saw. So it is, Bertha. No. No, it is much more. And that is why you give me complete liberty. All those things you sit up at night to write about in there. About her. You call that friendship? Believe me, Bertha, dear. Believe me as I believe you. Oh, my God, I feel it. I know it. What else is between you but love? You're trying to put that idea into my head, but I warn you that I don't take my ideas from other people. It is. It is, and that is why you allow him to go on. He doesn't say one thing and do another. He is honest in his own way. Oh, he is indeed. The soul of honour. You may make fun of him as much as you like. I understand more than you think about that business, and so will he. Writing those long letters to her for years, and she to you for years. But since I came back, I understand it well. You do not, nor would he. Of course. Neither he nor I can understand it. Only she can, because it is such a deep thing. Neither he nor you, nor she either. Not one of you. She will. She will understand it. You have given that woman very much, Dick. And she may be worthy of it. And she may understand it all, too. 
I know she is that kind. Do you believe that? I do. But I believe you will get very little from her in return. The tea is on the table, ma'am. Very well. Is Master Archie in the garden? Yes. Call him in. Master Archie, you're to come in for your tea. All right. Am I to go to this place? Do you want to go? I want to find out what he means. Am I to go? Why do you ask me? Decide yourself. Do you tell me to go? No. Do you forbid me to go? No. Quickly, Master Archie. Your tea is waiting for you. I'm coming. Tell me not to go, and I will not. Decide yourself. Will you blame me, then? No, no, I will not blame you. You are free. I cannot blame you. I did not deceive you. Well, did you ask her? Uh, what? Can I go? Oh, uh, yes. In the morning? She said yes? Yes, in the morning. Are you lucky to find me in? Why didn't you tell me today? You always were a devil for surprises. I suppose my evocation of the past was too much for your wild blood. Or well, see how artistic I've become. The piano is an addition since your time. Now, you see, I'm dressed for the fray. I was just wondering how you and the Vice-Chancellor were getting on together. But are you going in that suit? Oh, well, it doesn't make much odds, I suppose. But, uh, how goes the time? Twenty past eight already, I declare. Have you an appointment? <laughs> Suspicious to the last. Then I may sit down? Oh, of course, of course. For a few minutes, anyway. Then we can both go on together. We're not bound for time. Between eight and nine, he said, didn't he? What time is it, I wonder? <laughs> Twenty past eight, yes. Your appointment also was for the same hour here. What appointment? With Bertha. Are you mad? Are you? Who told you? She. Yes, I... I must have been mad. Oh, listen to me, Richard. It's a great relief to me that you've come. The greatest relief. I assure you that ever since this afternoon I have thought and thought how I could break it off without seeming a fool. Oh, a great relief. I even intended to send word, a letter, a few lines, but then it was too late. Let me speak frankly with you. Let me tell you everything. I know everything. I have known for some time. Since when? Since it began between you and her. Yes, I was mad. But it was merely lightheadedness. I admit that to have asked her here this evening was a mistake. 
I can explain everything to you, and I will, truly. Explain to me what is the word you longed and never dared to say to her, if you can or will. Yes, I, I will. I admire very much the personality of your, of your wife. Well, that is the word. I can say it. It's no secret. Then why did you wish to keep secret your wooing? Wooing? Your advances to her, little by little, day after day. Looks, whispers, in summer, wooing. But how do you know all this? She told me. This afternoon? No, time after time, as it happened. You knew from her. You were watching us all the time. I was watching you. I mean, watching me. And you never spoke. You had only to speak a word to save me from myself. You were trying me. It was a terrible trial. Now also. Well, it is past. It will be a lesson to me for all my life. And you hate me now for what I've done and... Have I said that I hate you? Do you not? You must. Even if Bertha had not told me, I should have known. Did you not see that when I came in this afternoon, I went into my study suddenly for a moment? You did, I remember. To give you time to recover yourself. It made me sad to see your eyes. And the roses, too. I can't say why. A great mass of overblown roses. I thought I had to give them. Was that strange? Too many, perhaps, or too old, or common. That was why I didn't hate you. The whole thing made me sad all at once. And this is real. It's happening to us. And she too was trying me, making an experiment with me for your sake. You know women better than I do. She says she felt pity for you. Pitied me, because I'm no longer an ideal lover. Like my roses, common, old. Like all men, you have a foolish, wandering heart. Well, you spoke at last. You chose the right moment. Robert, not like this. For us two, no. Years, a whole life of friendship. Think a moment. Since childhood, boyhood, no, no. Not in such a way, like thieves at night, and in such a place. No, Robert, that is not for people like us. Oh, what a lesson. Richard, I can't tell you what a relief it is to me that you've spoken, that the danger has passed. Yes, yes, because there was some danger for you too, if you think. Was there not? What danger? I don't know. I mean, if you had not spoken, if you had watched and waited on until... Until? Until I had come to like her more and more. Because I can assure you, it's only a light-headed idea of mine. Well, to like her deeply, to love her. Would you have spoken to me then, as you have just now? It would have been different, wouldn't it? But then it might have been too late. Well, it's not too late now. What could I have said then? I could have said only, you are my friend, my dear good friend. I am very sorry, but I love her. I love her. And I will take her from you however I can because I love her. That is the language I have heard often and never believed in. Do you mean by stealth or by violence? 
Steal you could not in my house because the doors were open, nor take by violence if there were no resistance. You forget that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the kingdom of heaven is like a woman. Go on. Do you think you have rights over her, over her heart? None. For what you have done for her so much, you claim nothing? Nothing. What am I saying? What am I thinking? I wish you'd upbraid me, curse me, hate me as I deserve. Look, you love this woman. I remember all you told me long ago. She is yours, your work. And that's why I too was drawn to her. You are so strong that you attract me even through her. I am weak. You, Richard, you are the incarnation of strength. Feel those hands. Oh, yes, mine are stronger, but I'm in strength of another kind. I think you would try to take her by violence. Those are moments of sheer madness when we feel an intense passion for a woman. We see nothing, we think of nothing, only to possess her. Call it brutal, bestial, what you will. I'm afraid that that longing to possess a woman is not love. No man ever yet lived on this earth who did not long to possess, I mean to possess in the flesh, the woman whom he loves. It is nature's law. Ah, what is that to me? Did I vote it? But if you love, what else is it? To wish her well. But the passion which burns us night and day to possess her, you feel it as I do, and it's not what you said now. Have you... Have you the luminous certitude that yours is the brain in contact with which she must think and understand? And that yours is the body in contact with which her body must feel? Have you this certitude in yourself? Have you? Once I had it, Robert. A certitude as luminous as that of my own existence. Or an illusion as luminous. And now? If you had it, and I could feel that you had it, even now... What would you do? Go away. You, and not I, would be necessary to her. Alone, as I was before I met her. My dear Richard, my dear friend, I swear to you I could not make you suffer. How will it be when you turn against her and against me? When her beauty, or what seems so to you now, wearies you, and my affection for you seems false and odious. That will never be, never. And you turn even against yourself for having known me or trafficked with us both. It will never be like that, Richard. Be sure of that. I care very little whether it is or not, because there is something I fear much more. You fear? I disbelieve you, Richard. Since we were boys together, I have followed your mind. You do not know what moral fear is. Not that fear. But that I will reproach myself then for having taken all for myself. Because I would not suffer her to give to another what was hers and not mine to give. Because I accepted from her her loyalty and made her life poorer in love. That is my fear. That I stand between her and any moments of life that should be hers. Between her and you. Between her and anyone. Between her and anything. I will not do it. I cannot and I will not. I dare not. Look here, Richard. We've said all there is to be said. Let the past be past. Wait. One thing more. For you, too, must know me as I am now. More? Is there more? I told you that when I saw your eyes this afternoon, I felt sad. 
Your humility and confusion, I felt, united you to me in brotherhood. At that moment, I felt our whole life together in the past, and, and I longed to put my arm around your neck. It's noble of you, Richard, to forgive me like this. I told you that I wished you not to do anything false and secret against me, against our friendship, against her. Not to steal her from me craftily, secretly, meanly, in the dark, in the night. You, Robert, my friend. I know. And it was noble of you. No, not noble. Ignoble. How? Why? That is what I must tell you, too. Because in the very core of my ignoble heart, I longed to be betrayed by you and by her, in the dark, in the night, secretly, meanly, craftily. By you, my best friend, and by her. I longed for that passionately and ignobly, to be dishonoured forever in love and in lust, to be... Enough. Enough. To be forever a shameful creature and to build up my soul again out of the ruins of its shame. And that is why you wish that she come... She has spoken always of her innocence, as I have spoken always of my guilt, humbling me. From pride, then? From pride, and from ignoble longing, and from a motive deeper still. I understand you. May it not be that we are here and now in the presence of a moment which will free us, both me as well as you, from the last bonds of what is called morality. My friendship for you has laid bonds on me. Light bonds, apparently. I acted in the dark secretly. I will do so no longer. Have you the courage to allow me to act freely? A duel between us? A battle of both our souls, different as they are, against all that is false in them and in the world. A battle of your soul against the spectre of fidelity, of mine against the spectre of friendship. All life is a conquest, the victory of human passion over the commandments of cowardice. Will you, Richard? Have you the courage? Even if it shatters to atoms the friendship between us, even if it breaks up forever the last illusion in your own life? There was an eternity before we were born. Another will come after we are dead. The blinding instant of passion alone. Passion free, unashamed, irresistible. That is the only gate by which we can escape from the misery of what slaves call life. Is not this the language of your own youth that I heard so often from you in this very place where we're sitting now? Have you changed? Yes, it is the language of my youth. Richard, you have driven me up to this point. She and I have only obeyed your will. You yourself have roused these words in my brain, your own words. Well, shall we? Freely? Together? Together, no. Fight your part alone. I will not free you. Leave me to fight mine. You allow me, then? Free yourself. What does this mean? Bertha, evidently. Did you not ask her to come? Yes, but... Then I am going, Richard. No, I am going. Richard, I appeal to you. Let me go. It is over. She is yours. Keep her and forgive me, both of you. Because you are generous enough to allow me. Richard, you will make me angry with you if you say that. Angry or not, I will not live on your generosity. You have asked her to meet you here tonight and alone. Solve the question between you. Open the door. 
I shall wait in the garden. Explain to her, Richard, as best you can. I cannot see her now. I shall go, I tell you. Wait out there if you wish. Welcome back to Old Ireland. Is this the place? Yes, it is. How did you find it? I told the cabman. I didn't like to ask my way. Was he not waiting? Has he gone away? He's waiting, out there in the garden. He was waiting when I came. You see, you came after all. Did you think I would not? I knew you could not remain away. You see, after all, you are like all other men. You had to come. You are jealous like the others. You seem annoyed to find me here. What happened between you? I told him I knew everything that I had known for a long time. He asked how. I said from you. Does he hate me? I cannot read in his heart. Ah, oh, yes. He hates me. He believes I made a fool of him, betrayed him. I knew he would. I told him you were sincere with him. He doesn't believe it. Nobody would believe it. I should have told him first, not you. I thought he was a common robber. Prepared to use even violence against you. I had to protect you from that. That I could have done myself. Are you sure? It would have been enough to have told him that you knew I was here. Now I can find out nothing. He hates me. He is right to hate me. I have treated him badly, shamefully. Bertha, look at me. Well? I cannot read in your heart either. You could not remain away. Do you not trust me? You can see I am quite calm. I could have hidden it all from you. I doubt that. Oh, easily if I'd wanted to. Perhaps you're sorry now that you didn't. Perhaps I am. What a fool you were to tell me. It would have been so nice if you had kept it secret. As you do, no? As I do, yes. Goodbye for a while. Are you going? Naturally. My part is ended here. You are going to her, I suppose. Who? Her ladyship. I suppose it is all planned so that you may have a good opportunity to meet her and have an intellectual conversation. Ah, to meet the devil's father. Very well. You can go. Now I know what to do. You don't believe a word of what you say. You can go. Why don't you? Then you have come here and led him on in this way on account of me. Is that how it is? There is one person in all this who is not a fool. And that is you. I am, though, and he is. If so, you have indeed treated him badly and shamefully. Yes, but it was your fault. And I will end it now. I am simply a tool for you. You have no respect for me. You never had because I did what I did. And has he respect? He has. Of all the persons I met since I came back, he is the only one who has. And he knows what they only suspect. And that is why I liked him from the first and like him still. Great respect for me, she has. Why did you not ask her to come away with you nine years ago? You know why, Bertha. Ask yourself. Yes, I know why. You knew the answer you'd get. That is why. That is not why. I did not even ask you. Yes, you knew I would go, asked or not. I do things. But if I do one thing, I can do two things. 
As I have the name, I can have the gains. Bertha, I accept what is to be. I have trusted you. I will trust you still. You have that against me? To leave me, then? Why do you not defend me, then, against him? Why do you go away from me now without a word? Oh, did my God, tell me what you wish me to do. I cannot, dear. Your own heart will tell you. I have a wild delight in my soul, Bertha, as I look at you. I can see you as you are yourself. That I came first in your life or before him then, that may be nothing to you. You may be his more than mine. I am not. Only I feel for him too. And I do too. You may be his and mine. I will trust you, Bertha. And him too. I must. I cannot hate him since his arms have been around you. You have drawn us near together. There is something wiser than wisdom in your heart. Who am I that I should call myself master of your heart or of any woman's? Bertha, love him. Be his. Give yourself to him if you desire. Or if you can. I will remain. Goodbye. Anyone out there? Is anyone there? Robert? Where is he? Gone. You startled me. Where did you come from? Out there. Did he not tell you I was out there waiting? Yes, he told me. I was afraid here alone. I knew I would see you again. I knew it the night you went away, that you would come back. And that was why I wrote and worked to see you again, here. And here I am. You were right. Nine years. Nine times more beautiful. But am I? What do you see in me? A strange and beautiful lady. Oh, please don't call me such a thing. You are more a young and beautiful queen. Oh, Robert. But do you not know that you're a beautiful human being? Do you not know that you have a beautiful body, beautiful and young? Someday I will be old. I cannot imagine it. Tonight you are young and beautiful. Tonight you have come back to me. Who knows what will be tomorrow? I may never see you again, or never see you as I do now. Would you suffer? This room and this hour were made for your coming. When you have gone, all is gone. But you will see me again, Robert, as before. To make him, Richard, suffer. He does not suffer. Oh, yes, yes, he does. He knows we like each other. Is there any harm, then? No, there's no harm. Why should we not? He doesn't know yet what I feel. He has left us alone here at night, at this hour, because he longs to know it. He longs to be delivered. From what? From every law, Bertha, from every bond. All his life he has sought to deliver himself. Every chain but one he has broken. And that one we are to break, Bertha. You and I. Are you sure? I am sure that no law made by man is sacred before the impulse of passion. 
Who made us for one only? It's a crime against our own being if we are so. There is no law before impulse. Laws are for slaves. Bertha, say my name. Let me hear your voice say it softly. Robert. Only the impulse towards youth and beauty does not die. Oh, listen. What? The rain falling. Summer rain on the earth. Night rain. Darkness and warmth and flood of passion. Tonight the earth is loved, loved and possessed. Her lover's arms towards her, and she is silent. Speak, dearest. Hush. There's nothing, nobody. We are alone. Are you happy? Tell me. I'm going now, Robert. Huh? It is very late. Be satisfied. Oh, not yet, not yet. Tell me. Do you love me a little? I like you, Robert. I think you are good. Are you satisfied? Don't go, Bertha. There's time still. Do you love me, too? I have waited a long time. Do you love us both, him and also me? Do you, Bertha? The truth, tell me. Tell me with your eyes. Or speak. Stand out of the window. I don't want to be seen. Why, ma'am? What is it? Say I'm not up there. I'm not well. I can't see anyone. Who is it, ma'am? Wait a moment. No. Say I'm in. Here. Yes. Say I've just got up. Yes, ma'am. Oh, oh, good morning, Miss Tista. Come in. She's in the drawing room. It's awfully early, I know, but... Oh, Mrs. Rowan, excuse me for coming at such an hour. Good morning, Miss Justice. Is anything the matter? I don't know. That is what I wanted to ask you. Oh, you're out of breath. Won't you sit down? Thank you. Is there something in the paper? Yes. About Dick? Yes, here it is. A long article, a leading article by my cousin. All his life is here. Do you wish to see it? Uh, where is it? In the middle. It's headed, A Distinguished Irishman. Is it for Dick or against him? Oh, for him. You can read what he says about Mr. Rowan. And I know that Robert stayed in town very late last night to write it. Yes? Are you sure? Yes, very late. I heard him come home. It was long after two. It alarmed you? I mean, to be awakened at that hour of the morning. I'm a light sleeper. But I knew he had come from the office, and then I, I suspected he had written an article about Mr. Rowan, and that was why he came so late. How quick you were to think of that. Well, after what took place here yesterday afternoon, I mean, what Robert said, that Mr. Rowan had accepted this position, it was only natural, I should think. Oh, yes, naturally. But that is not what alarmed me. Uh, 
but immediately after I heard a noise in my cousin's room. Oh, my God, what is it? Tell me. Why does that upset you so much? Oh, of course, it is very foolish of me. My nerves are all upset. I slept very badly, too. That is why I got up so early. Oh, tell me, what was it, then? Only the noise of his valise being pulled along the floor. Then I heard him walking around his room, whistling softly, and then locking it and strapping it. He is going away? That was what alarmed me. I feared he'd had a quarrel with Mr. Rowan and that his article was an attack. But why should they quarrel? Have you noticed anything between them? I, I, I thought I did. A coldness. Lately? For some time past. Do you know the reason? No. Well, if this article is for him, as you say, they have not quarrelled. And written last night, too. Yes. I bought the paper at once to see. But why, then, is he going away so suddenly? I, I feel that there is something wrong. I feel that something has happened between them. Would you be sorry? Oh, I would be very sorry. You see, Mrs. Rowan, Robert is my first cousin, and it would grieve me very deeply if he were to treat Mr. Rowan badly now that he has come back from Italy, or if they had a serious quarrel, especially because... Because? Because it was my cousin who urged Mr. Rowan always to come back. I have that on my conscience. It should be on Mr. Han's conscience. She did not. On mine, too. Because I spoke to my cousin about Mr. Rowan when he was away, and... To a certain extent, it was I. Ah, I see. And that is on your conscience. Only that. I think so. It looks as if it was you, Miss Justice, who brought my husband back to Ireland. I, Mrs. Rowan? Yes, you. By your letters to him, and then by speaking to your cousin, as you said just now. Do you not think that you are the person who brought him back? No, I could not think that. You know that my husband is writing very much since he came back. Is he? Did you not know? He passes the greater part of the night in his study there writing. Night after night. He sleeps there, too, on a sofa. He slept there last night. I can show you if you don't believe me. I believe you, of course, Mrs. Rowan, when you tell me. Yes, he is writing. And it must be about something which has come into his life lately. Since we came back to Ireland... Some change. Do you know of any change that has come into his life? Do you know it or feel it? Mrs. Rowan, that is not a question to ask me. If any change has come into his life since he came back, you must know it and feel it. You could know it just as well. You are very intimate in this house. I am not the only person who is intimate here. So you also hate me, Miss Justice? Hate you? Ah, yes. You know what it means to hate a person. Why should I hate you? I've never hated anyone. Have you ever loved anyone? Tell me. You have? Yes. In the past. Not now? No. Can you say that to me truly? Look at me. Yes, I can. You said just now that another person is intimate in this house... You meant your cousin, was it he? Yes. Have you forgotten him? I have tried to. You hate me. You think I am happy. If you only knew how wrong you are. I do not. Happy? 
I do not understand anything that he writes, when I cannot help him in any way, when I don't even understand half of what he says to me sometimes. You could, and you can. But I'm afraid for him, afraid for both of them. He must not go away like that. I'll write him a note. Is he still at home? Yes. Have you written to ask him to come here? I have. I will send Bridget across with it. Bridget! It is true, then. There are demons out there on the Strand. I heard them jabbering since dawn. Mr Rowan. I assure you. The aisle is full of voices. Yours also. Otherwise I could not see you, it said. And her voice. But I assure you, they are all demons. I made the sign of the cross upside down and that silenced them. I... I, I, I came here, Mr Rowan, so early because... To show you this, Robert wrote it about you last night. My dear Miss Justice, you told me yesterday, I think, why you came here, and I never forget anything. Good morning. I came for this. It is an article about you. Robert wrote it last night. Will you read it? Read it now? Certainly. Oh, Mr Rowan, it makes me suffer to look at you. Death of the very Reverend Canon Mulhall. Is that it? Ah, Bertha. Just in time to hear what my friends think of me. Yes, here we are. A distinguished Irishman. Not the least vital of the problems which confront our country is the problem of her attitude towards those of her children who, having left her in her hour of need, have been called back to her now on the eve of her long-awaited victory. To her whom in loneliness and exile they have at last learned to love. In exile, we have said, but here we must distinguish. There is an economic and there is a spiritual exile. There are those who left her to seek the bread by which men live. And there are others, nay, her most favoured children, who left her to seek in other lands that food of the spirit by which a nation of human beings is sustained in life. Those who recall the intellectual life of Dublin of a decade since will have many memories of Mr. Rowan. Something of that fierce indignation which lacerated the heart. You see, Mr. Rowan, your day has dawned at last. Even here. And you see that you have a warm friend in Robert. A friend who understands you. Before I go... Did you notice the little phrase at the beginning? Those who left her in her hour of need? Did you notice that, Bertha? I gave up everything for him. Religion. Family. My own peace. Mrs Rowan, 
But do you not feel also that Mr. Rowan's ideas... Ideas and ideas. And the people in this world have other ideas or pretend to. They have to put up with him in spite of his ideas because he is able to do something. Me? No. I am nothing. You stand by his side? Oh, nonsense, Miss Justice. I'm only a thing he got entangled with. And my son is the nice name they give those children. Do you think I am a stone? Do you think I don't see it in their eyes and in their manner when they have to meet me? Do not let them humble you, Mrs. Rowan. Humble me? I am very proud of myself, if you want to know. What have they ever done for him? I made him a man. What are they all in his life? No more than the dirt under his boots. He can despise me too, like the rest of them now. And you can despise me. But you will never humble me, any of you. Why do you accuse me? I am in such suffering. Excuse me. If I was rude, I want us to be friends. Will you? Gladly. I gave it to Mr. Han, ma'am. Did he send a message? He was just going out, ma'am. He told me to say he'd be here after me. Thanks. Would you like the tea and toast now, ma'am? Uh, not now, Bridget. After, perhaps. When Mr. Han comes, show him in at once. Yes, ma'am. I will go now, Mrs. Rowan, before he comes. Then we are friends. We will try to be. Do you allow me to go out through the garden? I, I don't want to meet my cousin now. Of course. It is so strange that we spoke like this now, but I always wanted to. Did you? I think I did too. Even in Rome, when I went out for a walk with Archie, I used to think about you, what you were like, because I knew about you from Dick. I used to look at different persons coming out of churches or going by in carriages and think that perhaps they were like you, because Dick told me you were dark. Really? <laughs> Goodbye then. The present. Good morning. Dick? Dick? Well? You've not spoken to me. I have nothing to say. Have you? Do you not wish to know about what happened last night? That I will never know. I will tell you if you ask me. You will tell me, but I will never know. Never in this world. I will tell you the truth, Dick, as I always told you. I never lied to you. Yes, yes, the truth. But I will never know, I tell you. Why then did you leave me last night? In your hour of need. You urged me to it. Not because you love me. If you loved me, or if you knew what love was, you would not have left me. For your own sake, you urged me to it. I did not make myself. I am what I am. To have it always, to throw against me. To make me humble before you, as you always did. To be free yourself, with her. And that is your love. Every word you say is false. Uh, it's useless to ask you to listen to me. Listen to you? She is the person for listening. Why would you waste your time with me? Talk to her. I see. 
You have driven her away from me now, as you drove everyone else from my side. Every friend I ever had. Every human being that ever tried to approach me. You hate her. No such thing. I think you have made her unhappy, as you have made me, and as you made your dead mother unhappy and killed her. Woman killer, that is your name. Arrivederci. She is a fine and high character. I like her. She is everything that I am not in birth and education. You tried to ruin her, but you could not, because she is well able for you as I am not, and you know it. What the devil are you talking about her for? Oh, how I wish I'd never met you. I curse that day. Oh, I'm in the way, is it? You would like to be free now. Well, you have only to say the word. Whenever you like, I'm ready. So that you could meet your lover freely? Yes. Night after night? To meet my lover. My lover, yes. My lover. <laughs> Bertha, you are free. Don't touch me. You are a stranger to me. You do not understand anything in me, not one thing in my heart or soul. A stranger. I am living with a stranger. Bertha... You are free. You sent for me, Bertha. Yes, Robert. Are you mad to think of going away like that? Without even coming here? Without saying anything? What I have to say, I said in this paper. When did you write it? Last night, after I went away. To be quite accurate, I wrote... Part of it, in my mind, before you went away. The rest, the worst part I wrote after, much later. And you could write last night? I am a well-trained animal. I passed a long, wandering night after, in my office, the vice-chancellor's house, in a nightclub, in the streets, in my room. Your image was always before my eyes. Your hand in my hand. Bertha, I will never forget last night. Why do you not look at me? May I not touch you? Dick is in there, in his study. In that case, children be good. Where are you going? To foreign parts. That is, to my cousin Jack Justice, alias Doggy Justice in Surrey. He has a nice country place there, and the air is mild. Why are you going? Can you not guess one reason? On account of me? Yes. It is not pleasant for me to remain here just now. This is cruel of you, Robert. Cruel to me and to him also. Has he asked what happened? No. He refuses to ask me anything. He says he will never know. Richard is right there. He's always right. Oh, but Robert, you must speak to him. What am I to say to him? The truth. Everything. No, Bertha. I am a man speaking to a man. I cannot tell him everything. He will believe that you are going away because you are afraid to face him after last night. Well, I'm not a coward any more than he. I will see him. I will call him. Bertha, what happened last night? What is the truth that I'm to tell? Were you mine in that... Sacred night of love? 
Or have I dreamed it? Remember your dream of me? You dreamed that I was yours last night. And that is the truth. A dream. That's what I'm to tell. Yes. Bertha, in all my life, only that dream is real. I forget the rest. And now I can tell him the truth. Call him. Dick, Mr. Hand is here. He wants to speak to you to say goodbye. He's going away. Dick, answer me. I thank you for your kind article about me. Is it true that you have come to say goodbye? There's nothing to thank me for, Richard. Now and always, I am your friend. Now more than ever before. Do you believe me, Richard? It doesn't matter. I will leave you both alone. I will tell you the truth, Richard. Are you listening? Yes. I failed, Richard. That is the truth. Do you believe me? I'm listening. I failed. She is yours, as she was nine years ago, when you met her first. When we met her first, you mean? Yes. Shall I go on? Yes. Well, she went away. I was left alone for the second time. I went to the vice-chancellor's house and dined. I said you were ill and would come another night. I made epigrams, new and old. I drank claret cup. I went to my office and wrote my article. And then I walked home. The idea came to me then to change my suit and go away by the morning boat. I packed my valise and went to bed. I am going away by the next train to my cousin Jack Justice in Surrey. Perhaps for a fortnight, perhaps longer. Why did you not go by the boat? <laughs> I slept it out. You intended to go without saying goodbye? Without coming here? Yes. But you have come. Bertha sent me a message to come. But for that? Well, but for that I should not have come. Did it strike you that if you had gone without coming here, I should have understood it in my own way? Yes, it did. What then do you wish me to believe? I wish you to believe that I failed. That Bertha is yours now as she was nine years ago, when you, when we met her first. Do you want to know what I did last night? No. I came home at once. Did you hear Bertha return? No. I wrote all the night and thought. Before dawn, I went out and walked the strand from end to end. Suffering. Torturing yourself. Hearing voices about me. The voices of those who say they love me. Hers. And mine. Another still. Ah, true. My interesting but somewhat melancholy cousin. And what did they tell you? They told me to despair. A queer way of showing their love, I must say. And will you despair? No. Did you hear Archie's voice too, Richard, with the others out there on the strand? Open Your son's voice? Listen, how full it is of despair. Open the window, please, will perhaps, you? perhaps there, Richard, is the freedom we seek. 
You in one way and I in another. In him and not in us. Perhaps. Perhaps. I said perhaps I would say almost surely if... If what? If he were mine. <laughs> like yesterday, eh, hey, Archie? Good morning, Mr. Hand. Buongiorno, Babbo. Buongiorno, Archie. And where were you, my young gentleman? Out with the milkman. I drove the horse. We went to Buddhist town. Oh, I'm very hungry. Richard, goodbye. To our next meeting. Goodbye. Come, Archie. Run to Bridget. You must be hungry. I must go now, Mrs. Rowan. Archie, say goodbye to Mr. Hand. Goodbye, Mr. Hand. Goodbye, Bertha. Goodbye. Dick, dear, do you believe now that I have been true to you last night and always? Oh, do not ask me, Bertha. I have been, dear. Surely you believe me. I gave you myself. All. I gave up all for you. You took me. And you left me. When did I leave you? You left me, Dick. And I waited for you to come back to me. Dick, dear, come here to me. Sit down. How tired you must be. Yes, dear, I waited for you. Heavens, what I suffered then when we lived in Rome. Do you remember the terrace of our house? Yes. I used to sit there waiting with the poor child with his toys, waiting till he got sleepy. I could see all the roofs of the city and the river, the Tiberi. What was its name? The Tiber. It was lovely, Dick. Only I was so sad. I was alone, Dick, forgotten by you and by all. I felt my life was ended. It had not begun. I used to look at the sky, so beautiful without a cloud, and the city you said was so old. And then I used to think of Ireland and about ourselves. Ourselves? Yes, ourselves. Not a day passes that I do not see ourselves. You and me, as we were when we met first. Every day of my life I see that. Was I not true to you all that time? Yes, Bertha. You were my bride in exile. Wherever you go, I will follow you. If you wish to go away now, I will go with you. I will remain. It is too soon yet to despair. It is not true that I want to drive everyone from you. I wanted to bring you close together, you and him. Speak to me. Speak out all your heart to me. What you feel and what you suffer. I am wounded, Bertha. How wounded, dear? Explain to me what you mean. I will try to understand everything you say. In what way are you wounded? I have a deep deep wound of doubt in my soul. Doubt of me? Yes. I am yours. If I died this moment, I am yours. I have wounded my soul for you. A deep wound of doubt which can never be healed. 
I can never know, never in this world. I do not wish to know or to believe. I do not care. It is not in the darkness of belief that I desire you, but in restless, living, wounding doubt. To hold you by no bonds, even of love. To be united with you in body and soul, in utter nakedness. For this I longed. And now I am tired for a while, Bertha. My wound tires me. Forget me, Dick. Forget me and love me again as you did the first time. I want my lover. To meet him. To go to him. To give myself to him. You, Dick. Oh, my strange, wild lover. Come back to me again. That was Exiles by James Joyce. Richard Rowan was played by Daniel Reardon and his wife Bertha by Barbara McCaughey. Their son Archie was Luke Caldwell. Robert Hand was played by Connor Farrington and his cousin Beatrice Justice was Kate Minogue. Bridget was played by Celia Salkeld. Exiles by James Joyce was edited and produced by Tim Danaher. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.